0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans? And welcome to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. Today's date is... August 23rd, 2023, and this is episode number 37. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the First Listen Club every time a new show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at b r a x 26 as I post content daily and send me a message whenever you'd like. If you want to hear something specific on this show. All right, guys, welcome into another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for giving me some likes on wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As always, it's free and available wherever you listen to it and continue to share it if you can. All right, guys, we are still in the midst of a very, very hot summer. Right now in Virginia, where I'm at, and really across the nation, we are in a really big heat wave right now. Um, the car, uh, Excuse me, the, the, the temperatures where I'm at, it's going to be like 97 tomorrow and then 100 degrees on Friday. And that's not even with the humidity. So it's going to be absolutely brutal. Right now, as I speak, I record this at about 4 o'clock Eastern time and the Cardinals are currently in a game, and I also have the White Sox game on against the Mariners, and I you know, I saw these people standing in front of the fans looking like they were about to pass out, so I was like, I'm going to check the temperature. It's like 103 degrees in Chicago right now. So we are in the time, you know, this is the point of the baseball season where if your team is not in contention, right, like right now the this day game in Pittsburgh is brutally hot, this day game in Chicago is brutally hot, like the Chicago White Sox record is like, 49 and 77 almost 30 games under 500 like wow it's really hard to watch your baseball team right now if you're really in a bad spot um but yeah welcome into another show this one is titled predicting the future just because we are starting to see guys like Mason win you know take shape here in St Louis I'm glad to see that he's got his debut uh very interesting week from him from getting his his first hit to to seeing Pete Alonso throw it, you know, 35 rows up into the stands, which I'll talk about just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just, just, it's been an interesting week. Last night, Wilson Contreras, um, you know, look, this type of stuff now, it sounds crazy. And the Pete Alonso thing, I got, I got some things to get to before that. But like, you know, when you sit here and look at the St. Louis Cardinals at 55 and 72, it's just like you you, you, you have to find entertainment at this point of the season to watch like Right now even with the podcast every week it's like you almost have to fish for certain things to talk about right and you don't want to sit here and bore the audience right like last night when Wilson Contreras got ejected and he swung and missed at the, the strike and he was trying to you know point out the strike zone um and he drew he drew the box around and threw his bat down it was actually entertaining right like Cardinals Twitter last night and I haven't been tweeting as much about the Cardinals just because of the state of where they're at right now like like the other night Adam Wainwright was pitching, and I know I'm all over the place, but it was 8-0, to and Andrew Kisner hit a home run, and I put up a tweet, I was like, you know, this is the epitome of brutality, like, the Cardinals hit a home run in late August to cut the deficit against the, whoa, you know, the awful Pittsburgh Pirates to 8-1 to in late August, and the Cardinals record's like 15, and, or 55-71, and 71. it's like, this is the epitome of brutality, like, we, we just can't tweet. And you can't document this stuff like and, and get excited about it on Twitter. So that's kind of why I have um, transitioned really into, into mostly when it comes to social media, just focusing on the football season. And um, before I get into the state of the Cardinals, I do want to say I'm actually going to start, and I mentioned this last show, I'm going to start recording probably once a week as well. So I'll probably do the Cardinals. I will do the Cardinals podcast because this is a Cardinals podcast once a week. And I'll also throughout the football season bring a bonus episode, some bonus content. I'm a huge sports better. I'm not necessarily a guy that he puts down big amount of money on certain things, but I am fascinated by the betting market, and I'm fascinated on where you can put, you know, investments in, in money. As far I, I always, I know it sounds more for the business type when it comes to sports betting, but you know when you sports bet, whether it's on the Cardinals, like I actually put a bet on the White Sox today like that is an invest investment sure it's a bet right but also you can say hey you're investing your money into this so anyway throughout the football season i'm going to probably bring a podcast each week on um you know betting lines betting favorites i'm going to do an episode probably here this week or maybe next week on my favorite future bets for the nfl and really just just you know something to talk about and i actually i'm pretty educated on this so if you actually want to um, try and, and try to make some money uh tune in man tune into the podcast um last year to be considered a professional football better i don't know exactly what the number is i don't know if it's 54 55 56 something around their percent last year i think i was around 53% um i picked every single spread from week 1 all the way until the super bowl and i intend to do the same this year so uh, and i'll probably throw in on those episodes you know when the when the playoffs come around Baseball probably do the same thing, but baseball is very hard to bet on for the most part. It really is because you just don't know what you're going to get. But anyway, state of the Cardinals as we speak, they are playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. They have a five to two lead in the sixth inning. But what are they looking like? Well, they are last in the NL Central, they are now behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. They are 55 and 72, they are 14 and a half games behind the Brewers for first place. They are four and six in their last 10 and the Milwaukee Brewers hold a a three-and-a-half-game lead on the Chicago Cubs for first place in the NL Central. Excuse me, they're starting to get a little bit of separation. The Cincinnati Reds are four games back. They are right behind them. Um, And, yeah, we're going to see how that pans out. Like I said, I hope the Cincinnati Reds win the NL Central just because it's a big underdog story. Um, And, obviously, I do not want to see the Cubs win. So, wild card for whatever it's worth. The St. Louis Cardinals are... 11 games back of the wild card spot. If it ended today, the Phillies would hold the first wild card, the Cubs at second and the Diamondbacks at third. Um, you know, there's a, there's a good wild, there's a really good wild card race right now going on between six teams. This shuffles every day. You got the, the, the Marlins who are six in the wild card race and they are one game out. The giants are a half a game and the reds are half a game. So just because, uh, the Reds or the Cubs may not win the NL Central. There's big incentive here to, uh, to you know uh, make the playoffs via wild card because at the at the same time, man, the Brewers. It's just look, the NL Central is just a sad division. We knew, come uh, new coming into the season. You know, the goal was obviously to get into the playoffs, but more so, it was, the goal was to, to to secure one of those top two NL seeds, right? The the Braves and the Dodgers have those right now comfortably, um, because you know that third team that wins the division, which was the Cardinals last year, they have to play in the wild card series. Right, they don't get a, a pass to the divisional round. So if it ended today, the, the Braves and Dodgers would get a bye. The Brewers would play the Diamondbacks, and the Phillies would play the Cubs. And it's it's tough because right now, you know the Brewers are in the same position as the Cardinals were last year, and the Cardinals lost and got swept in the wild card round. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where the where the, where it's at. It's important to talk about this just because the Cardinals aren't in contention doesn't mean that we cannot be just baseball fans, right? Like we are just. It's important to to realize that there's still some things to watch. It's important just to be a baseball fan. Okay, so let's talk about this Mason Wynn situation with Pete Alonzo. and I know I'm a little bit late on it, um, just because it happened earlier, but I think this is being I don't want to say a little bit overblown. I think it is being overblown just because, like I said, the Cardinals are 55 and 72. There's nothing going on. There's not much to talk about. We've we're a big Mason Wynn fan base. We're excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. We're excited that we've actually grown a in-house shortstop that is going to be the shortstop of the future. Um, pending everything plans out right. Um, but anyway, you know, Mason Wynn hits kind of a dribbler down the third baseline. You know, throws off, Pete, Alenzo, Pete Alonzo has to come off the back, kind of dives for the baseball. There was like a good three or four second delay in this entire thing. Pete Alonzo, he he had to know that this was Mason Wynn's debut. Like the Cardinals just don't give a random standing ovation to this kid, right? So you know in the back of your mind, if I get this baseball, throw it over to the dugout. Like at the time, the Mets had a lead too, right? Like we're not in a situation where the Cardinals are in any sort of beef with the Mets per se, right? Like this is just a typical... You know, baseball game. No reason to to think, hey, I'm I'm gonna do this to piss someone off and throw the ball in the stands. But that's exactly what he did. So, um, he throws the ball into the stands, and I believe he, you know, he immediately knew he messed up. You got everybody chirping in the dugout, rightfully so. Fans are mad. Everyone's mad. Um, and then in the post game, he he admits it. He's like, hey, I was stupid. I messed up. Not verbatim, but he said, hey, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. And uh, then I believe. I heard, I saw a report that he got Mason Wynn some tequila. Um, Actually, i just thought of this. Is Mason Wynn even 21? Yes, he is. Okay. Mason Wynn's 21 years old. I'm like, of course, Pete Alonzo is going to double down by gifting a guy underage alcohol, but he actually turned 21 on, uh, what's that, March 21st. So he is 21. So it was good of Pete Alonzo to do that. They did get the baseball back, but it was a really bad look for Pete Alonzo. Like, dude. And in what world does anyone ever just throw a ball in the stands like that from in play? Like, obviously, when the ball goes, you know, a ball goes foul and the player throws it or it's the third out and the first baseman throws into the stands. But that was just not <laughs> – that was just not smart of him. But how's Mason Wynn shaping out so far this season? Well, he has had 18 plate appearances. Um, he is batting .222. Um, He has four hits. So essentially, don't look at the average. He's four for 18 right now. Um, His OPS is 500. Nothing too incredible. Um, But look, this is a guy that we know his back already has the strongest arm in baseball for a shortstop, right from the shortstop position. We sell this guy. And don't let Justin Turner here because you know how he was like, oh, there's no need for that. But he's a guy that defense is going to be absolutely phenomenal. So it may make up for any offense that may not be there. Right. And that's going to grow over time. Um, But yeah, man, Mason Wynn is excited to see this kid grow. I'm excited to see what he can do today. He's over three versus the pirates. um, But this is a kid that has a lot of potential, only 21 years old. And I'm glad he got uh, the call up and and it's a, you know, as bad as the season's been, it's a good chance to see what the kid uh, has. Also speaking on young kids, or not young kids, but young players in the Cardinals organization. Let's talk a little bit about Jordan Walker. So there's been some speculation, and not necessarily speculation, but more of media talk via social media, Twitter, Facebook, which I think Facebook is an absolute gauntlet. You think Twitter has some bad takes? You ought to get to Facebook. But there's some rumblings on – Twitter right now that the Cardinals should give up on Jordan Walker as an outfielder, but the St. Louis Cardinals are not giving up on Jordan Walker as an outfielder, and I believe nor should they. Once again, I'm getting this article from Josh Jacobs via Red Bird Rants. Let's take a little bit and listen to this. So it says, it really doesn't take long for the prospect luster to wear off on a player and the Cardinals fans to move from patience to panic over young players trying to find their way in St. Louis. Jordan Walker is no exception to this. If you hop on Twitter, Facebook, or the comment section on most Cardinals' message boards, you're bound to find a few comments or more that suggest Walker should be shifting to first base as soon as possible for the Cardinals. I think it would be a massive mistake for the Cardinals to give up on Walker as an outfielder in the foreseeable future. And luckily, I don't see them doing that anyway. Let's start with this, guys. So, look, Jordan Walker has been an offered, a really bad defender in the outfield this year. Uh, he he's sitting at a minus 15 DRS on the season, third worst among all outfielders, okay? You know, it's been really bad for Jordan Walker in the outfield, but this is a guy who had to transfer from third base to outfield right as a young player. We never expected Jordan Walker to be Harrison Bader in the outfield. We never expected him to really be even an above average if average outfielder at all. Jordan Walker is the type of guy that came into the clubhouse and we all knew that we got him because of his bat, right? He's a, he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's absolutely ginormous and we, he's known for his bat. So sure, that's not good. Things are not going good as far as the fielding is concerned and maybe worse than some may have expected. But at the end of the day, you have to be patient with this guy. And even the days that he is getting off scheduled off days, he is working every day, at becoming a better outfielder. And this is not only something that excuse me, this is also not, this is something that's going to take time. Right? When I was when I was younger, and this is maybe a bad example, but and, and you might can relate, but when I was younger as a sports fan, especially with football, so I live in Roanoke, Virginia. I've been a Virginia Tech football fan my entire life. We had, you know, we go to pretty much every game on Saturday when I'm in town. It's like a, it really is. It's like a religious type thing that every Saturday we're at Virginia Tech football games, regardless of how bad they are. Right? We don't have a pro team. That's what we are. Okay, we love Virginia Tech football. But as a young fan, I would always think, and even sometimes to this day, it's like the the exact moment something's not working for a team the fan base automatically wants to switch everything, right? They, they, you know, switch this guy, try a different quarterback, try a different quarterback. If he's not working, give him one week and try Like, you just expect this next guy to be a Johnny Manziel-esque type Texas A&M player to come into the game. And the older I get, the more I realize none of that was ever true, right? Like, I now realize, especially in, in sports, and, and really college football and really baseball is like, Coming into the season, there's just some teams that you know aren't going to win the title, right? And as a kid, you always have that hope. Like, you can use that saying for the NFL as well. Like, I know this year that the Texans aren't going to win the Super Bowl. I know that a team like the Panthers aren't going to win the Super Bowl. I know that, um, you know, there's certain teams in the NFL that you just know can't do it right now. Maybe they can shock the world and win a playoff game or something. But in at the end... There's some things that you just have to be patient with. And this is a situation in which, for the Cardinals fans, we have to be patient with Jordan Walker in the outfield. This is something where he can get the rest of the reps all season. And who cares what the result is? But at the end of the year, when the season's over, he can he can go back and evaluate all his play, and he can really work on um, improving throughout the uh, offseason. That, that's what he can work on, right, improving in the outfield. So I think that's where we stand with Jordan Walker. We have to be patient with the young kid, right? He's a young kid. He is. He's a kid and he is he is just trying to work in a position uh where he's needed, right? Like Nolan Arnato is not leaving third. Paul Goldschmidt's not leaving first. So when it comes to, to this situation, we're talking about Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker, right? We we're trying this episode is predicting the future. So with these two guys. If I'm trying to predict the future, I'm going to have to say that, hey, next year at this time might be some rough roads at the beginning, but we expect Jordan Walker to be an average outfielder. That's all we need for him because we believe his offense is going to outweigh his bad defense, right? And next season um, we expect Mason Wynn's defense to be there. But, yes, um, his bat might be a little slower, right? But if we can get Mason Wynn to bat about 250, right, be a guy with a 720, 730, OPS, right? We believe that his defense is going to outweigh it, but we cannot get to the point where we're having the Paul DeYoung treatment for a guy that's batting 118, 135, 140 with zero production, right? So, anyway, if we're trying to predict the future with those two guys, that's kind of where I think it needs to be, and that's where we want them to be. Um, as far as everything out as pitching, we're going to have to see how the market is. Mose Lux already said he's going to be aggressive, Um. But for the rest of the season, it's important to see what we got. Anyway, last thing before I get out of here is um, had somebody message me on Twitter and just say, hey, you know, since the Cardinals aren't doing any good this season, who are you rooting for in the playoffs? And Sorry, my voice is a little scratchy. I've talked a lot at work today. And my answer to that is undoubtedly the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles are 77 and 48. They're a team that has really done things the right way. If you're going to go through a rebuild, you want to do it like the Orioles did, right? They go through a rebuild and now they're 77 and 48 and they're winning the best division in baseball, not a team. Um, The Yankees are five games under 500, but it's the best division in baseball by a landslide. It's no, no doubt. I'm rooting for the Baltimore Orioles there. Um, Also, you know, sounds crazy, but the Minnesota twins, I I like to see the AL central do something. They're a team that, you know, once they get to the playoffs, they get eliminated like they should. They have a bad division. But I'm also rooting for the Minnesota Twins. And if I had to pick a team in the National League, well, um, I'd love to see the Arizona Diamondbacks maybe prevail. Um, if I had to, I'd like to see the Marlins. They're one game back of the wild card. And besides that, not really anyone. Um, I wouldn't mind the Reds uh, just because they've been such a feel-good story this season. And I'd like to see they have a good young core and see what they could do. But if I had to pick a World Series matchup, you know, why not the Marlins versus the Orioles, right? Like I, I know it might not be you bringing it in it might not be the Yankees, Red Sox, uh, markets, Dodgers, Phillies, but that would be a really, really good <clears throat> It'd be good for the league, I think, um to see those teams that are smaller market um, and make it to the World Series, especially after a rebuild. So anyway, it's all I got. I'm going to get out of here before my voice gives out. I can tell it's about to give out. And uh, be on the lookout for a bonus episode as far as uh, sports betting is concerned because we are almost to the point of um, football season, college football this weekend. So at least we have that to look forward to. But as always, we love baseball. Let's just continue to watch and evaluate these young guys. That's all I got. As always, I am Braxton Wheeler. This is the Believe in Cardinals podcast.